healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Chara Navitia. She is our Senior Product Manager of Automation. Welcome. Thank you. Great to see you. So today we're going to talk about payer portal automation and when it's implemented. The great thing is that when it is, staff can focus on important revenue generating tasks and the technology just does all the redundant work, which of course is a great thing. And it also means that staff can start to scale the number of prior authorizations that they can complete in one day because the automation is working on the side and it frees them from all those repetitive tasks like continuous follow-ups every day for weeks or months, and that's if they can get to it. So let's start at the beginning to talk about this. And when a patient enters the doctor's office or the hospital, right, the first thing that has to happen is eligibility prior authorization. That's the gateway to all of the revenue generation. But there are also a lot of delays that occur right at that point in time. So start there for us and describe for us what are the delays that providers have to contend with at this very important juncture? Right. So if you really see as the time has passed, the number of prior authorizations are really going up. And uh, in a recent study that was done by AMA, we got to know that 85% providers think that in the last five years, the prior authorization has gone up. Now, what do you mean by prior authorization? Prior authorization is a way for the providers to know they will get paid. And to get paid, they have to render services. But it's all driven by the insurance companies or the payers who have to, who, who've been making their rules more stringent over the period of time. There were times where they would just pay off as the claims come in. Most of the services were covered. But now as the time has passed, payers are coming up with new rules, new regulations. Things are changing more frequently. I think they are becoming more stringent about certain rules on services, the number of services, the amount of deductible that would be charged or amount of copay or co-insurance that would be added to a particular plan. So things are changing. And what does that mean? Taking care of the patient is becoming more and more tougher because now there's huge load of paperwork that needs to be done before the service is rendered to the patient who really needs that care. And what providers are doing, they have to go through hoops of making sure there is eligibility that is verified. After that, they determine if authorization required or not. And if authorization is required, then there's another loop where there are clinical documents that need to be submitted at times. As I go through multiple payer portals, I think the kind of information that they are requesting is like four pages worth of click or documents to be mailed, attached, sent. And it's a huge exercise, which is just becoming tougher over a period of time. So patient care or rendering patient care seems to be taking the priority, but filling up the documents or submitting documents are even more important to the providers because eventually they want to get paid for it. So 
if there isn't technology and there isn't automation, then that leaves us the manual way of doing things, right? That means staff members are calling payers. And like you just said, you know, the bar is getting higher and higher and higher. This is absorbing an inordinate amount of time. So talk to us about the fact that payers are requiring providers to go through portals for prior authorization. And if the patient practice is still stuck in the manual era, then we have another huge disconnect here. We still have older systems. If you see US healthcare is really widespread. It's been one of the older systems. We've been processing, documenting. We've had faxes and calls and those still exist. A lot of payers have to be called or documents need to be faxed. But with the advance in technology, a lot of them are moving to uh, electronic mode of filling up these forms or submitting forms or the e-portals, which I would like to call them. And uh, the AMA has again done their study and they know the amount of error that you could be making while uploading a document to eFax or uh, by making calls, you could be causing errors up to 40%. And the moment you move to portals or uh, the payer, payer portal of in, for initiation or any of the third party portals that you have to make sure that the initiation happens, the accuracy is much higher and the error percentage goes down to six to 8%, which is pretty fantastic because if a submission has error, chances are the insurance company is going to deny it or it's going to just ask for more documents and that just adds more and more time before the care is rendered to the patient. And it's just an overall a horrible experience for the patient who really needs the care and also the provider because they are not able to schedule the patient for the required care. So I do see a lot of payers moving to the electronic mode, which is it's high time you do that because for the safety of data, to make sure the data is accurate, the processing is faster and you can really take care of your patient faster. You, you start scheduling more patients too, right? If you're able to process them, you start seeing them faster and e-portal or going to payer portal is becoming a necessity now. So definitely a much better response that I see to patient care when you're moving to e-portals versus calls and faxes. Glad you mentioned data because that was the next thing that I wanted to talk about. So it's essential whether they're doing manual entry or whether they have moved to any kind of automation, they absolutely have to have data, whether it's a hospital or a clinic or, you know, multi-specialty physician office, right? You can't make decisions without data. So talk to us about the types of data that can be obtained up front you know, either through portal automation or through the automation at the, the provider site and how it can improve revenue at the end of the, the pipeline. Right. So if you see uh, when a patient comes in, they do have their insurance card, but that's what they have. They would have their member ID, the kind of proof that they have or the kind of plan that they have. And once you have that information, the next step would be to identify what kind of insurance eligibility they have. Are they covered? And there is a good list of 30 to 40 benefits that you need to have because now you want to start looking at in-network, out-network coverages. If it is a commercial plan, you have different set of information you would care about. If it's the Medicaid, Medicaid Advantage plan, again, the kind of information you care about before rendering the service needs to be understood. Now, 
you would only know as much prior to rendering the service in the form of ICD codes or CPT code. That is again a huge task, but nowadays systems are becoming better where you even put in the text, you would identify which code would we need to attach to it to render the service. So the technology is helping with that. So once you have the CPT and ICD codes, modalities, what kind of service you want to render, and probably if there is a referral required, if there's authorization required, there are enough processes available now electronically that can gather all this information for you. You could get clinical documents from the doctor or the referring office. And then all this information is what just needs to be sent to the payer for initializing a particular case. So there is huge amount of data, but it can only start with a single member ID and the payer plan. And the systems can start helping you collecting all the benefit and the other information through all the integrations that we have available electronically. So that's where technology can help reduce the load of searching huge number of documents and plans and benefits because now the system is getting this information for you through various integrations. When, when you and I spoke, when we were preparing for this, you had mentioned that sometimes staff members who process prior authorizations have to manually check eight different payer portals. But for each one of those portals, I mean, I can't remember passwords to mine and I don't have eight different portals. So I can't imagine they have to remember what's the access, is it a password, is it a number, is it, I mean, and so how, tell us how, technology, I know we've already talked a lot about this already, but how does it help the staff members with something that granular? You're right. I think I have worked with enough providers and practitioners and even the back office members who talk about every insurance has a different portal today. They are anyways working on an EMR to keep the patient information, but at the same time for all the insurance checks, Eligibility is done on a different portal. Determination or checking if this patient needs prior auth is a totally different portal. And I've seen portals requiring two logins. One is a provider login, then there is another login. Then because it's healthcare data, there's an access code, which is a third step, which comes into another system. And it is tough. These passwords and logins change every three months. So there is another upkeep cycle that happens. And finally, you start filling the information. And then chances are some document is missing. You go out and they just log you out. So technology right now helps you securely store your credentials in your profile. You can decide you want it or not. At the same, and this is for certain automation when human and automation are working together that we have. But at the same time, we also have certain automations where you don't even uh, need to worry about, you just provide us with the required credentials and we will be able to take care of all the background process of credential logins, access codes, whatever is required to just get you the result at the end of it. So today there is enough security. I think there are enough certifications that we have and the technology strength that we have, we can reduce these hoops of logging in into so many portals. It's just a button click away. And we could get you all the details that you needed and get to the prior up for you. 
with you if it is something which is complex and we need the agent's intelligence to take some decisions and if there are some simple flows such as just following up which is a redundant repetitive stuff we don't even need you we'll just fetch the data and update your system without you really having to go through the hoops so i always think that when we're talking about these things it really helps to give very specific examples of of what happens and one of the things that you had talked to me about is that even though the best of practices are following up regularly if a staff member follows up with the payer in the morning and the approval comes through in the evening and then it's another few days before they call then the the whole thing is kind of skipping you know there isn't a smooth system and then the patient is waiting waiting and the patient doesn't understand how this works so automation also helps that timing it smooths out all of that timing as well doesn't it right so if you see automation is just a code that does something which is not so intelligent it just has to follow certain steps and it can do as many times as you want it to today as a staff member i have huge amount of data that i need to process there are some decisions i have to do i have to work with stakeholders from reporting and accuracy perspective and now at the same time i need to get onto a call or i have to check portals for follow up and i have gone through the medicaid area specifically when i was talking to some of our team members who work on follow ups there have been times when they have waited for 30 minutes on a call just to get to know that the case is still pending review and because they had a second case that they wanted to check on and the inflow of calls were high they were to to go back to the queue and again wait another 30 minutes for the second one so this is just too much of wait time and of course i'm talking about an extreme case but normally it takes on a portal if it is electronically available it would be under 3 minutes but if it's on a call it can anyway take from 5 minutes to 20 minutes to just get to know that you know what you have to come back again because we are still working on your case so instead of having so much of wait time wasting a person's time just to check what the status is automation can do these checks for you every 4 hours because it's just something that can repeat it has a list that it has to follow up on it knows the intervals and it can go get to the portal get you the status you need the documents it can download it for you upload it into your system especially around denials you have denial letters that you get if it is approved you have authorization numbers that you get start date end date and these become very important for you to then finally use them as part of your claims process so automations are trained enough to get you the data or the document that you need without really humans having to do the same repetitive redundant work at a faster pace they can work 24 by 7 for you you can increase or decrease depend uh, the number of automations that run for you depending on the volumes that you see there are payers that have hundreds of cases coming in a day but at the same time you have payers just that just have like 20 cases a day so you could also scale up or scale down these automations depending on your need which makes it a little more convenient and since it's 24 by 7 you can schedule it to run every 5 hours or 6 hours or you think this particular payer gives an update every morning at this time i'll check faster that time you can you know moderate how frequently you want to run certain automation so definitely reduces a lot of time i've 
I've seen it produce close to eight, seven to eight minutes per transaction average. And that's good amount of saving and good time I can spend having a better care session than, you know, taking care of just follow-ups. Yeah, no kidding. How frequently does the automation update what it knows about the payer portals? I would think that would have to take take place fairly frequently, doesn't it? The experience has been, if anything has gone into prior auth, which it needs documentation to be submitted or further details, a good advanced electronic system can give you feedback in 20 minutes because they've worked out an algorithm which will give you an answer. But if it is a lot of manual work that happens in the background at the payer's office, it can take anywhere from two days to two, two weeks. Reason being, some document is not there. You need to justify more. And then again, the case comes back. Somebody has to look at it, give the required information and documentation. Again, it goes back and again, it gets into a review. So this in manual world takes two days to two weeks. And now with automation, you could check every four hours. There is a document required. Automation has the capability or our system, the process automation that we have will identify certain documents or request for it and send it back to the system. So we have done that in some of our scenarios that we've worked on and automation can take care of these document uploads also wherever required if it is available in the system. So I meant to ask you when we were talking about all of the different portals and that they're being required and that also the access is changing all the time. So if a practice or a provider gets a really good system of technology in there, does that also continually check with the access to the portal and update and maintain that as well? Yes. So I think how far I would like to automate is at least the system should notify me if there is a failure. And we build our system such that if there is a login failure or if there is something that is not right, the automations are have to be intelligent enough to notify somebody that there is something wrong. I'm not able to run it because the moment the automations come in, you depend on it to run those cases for you or make sure that, uh, you know, the results are happening. But we need to remember that passwords are something that need to be maintained, but then there may be certain password policy that you would want to maintain within yourself. So we limit our automations to at least notify that the login needs a change or the login needs to be updated. And then we let uh, the administrator or the member who takes care of these credentials to go ahead and update it. But yes, if there are challenges that an automation is facing, we do have a stable notification way to take care of it. So that brings us to the really big question. And that is, even though automation and technology may be the great thing, and and thing that you absolutely have to have. How are practices supposed to know, number one, if it's worth the investment? And then as part of that, how do they determine the ROI for technology that they know they, they probably have to implement? Very good question. And I think a lot of early adopters really struggled with this reason being they were thinking they're just going to automate everything and it's just going to take care of all their pain points. But I strongly recommend if you are trying out automation for the first time, there's some homework that 
it's good to do upfront as a provider or as a hospital because you are the subject matter expert on how things work in your unit identify which are the processes which are repetitive redundant has good amount of sop written and can be called out that if i automate this it will be something that will be useful to reduce my repetitive work so that's process identification second which really makes a difference is high volume or high amount of transactions so if you see there are one or two transactions or say 20 transactions a day maybe it's not going to be as effective because a person would just do it in 20 minutes one minute per transaction but now suddenly if you see there is a variable volume or there is a larger volume which could be one to two persons time and effort that can be saved that's again a good automation to consider to start with so a simple stupid redundant repetitive work that anybody can do something which is high transaction are good candidates to evaluate if this process should be automated so these are the first two steps next is i would want to evaluate the complete life cycle of the process and where does this automation fit so we do have our process analysts that work with the provider to identify what their process is as is and where we could identify the optimized way so this is really the next step where once you have gone you've identified a good automation which works for you now you want to scale up that is the time when you should get into identifying processes which is more than one automation required and see how we can optimize it before we start automating it so that's the second level of automation that i strongly recommend is don't just automate the complete process as is see if there are ways to optimize it reduce too much of clutter before you start automating it so i call it as as is and would be process which we map while we start uh, working with our clients and try to simplify and make sure we get more more value and less of errors wherever possible so these two are what i recommend and looking at the transaction and the time saved and uh, the frequency of how frequently you want to run these automation help you then calculate the return of investment so we do have our roi calculators that we work with when we are working with our customers at the initial stage when we are identifying is this automation worth investing in or not so that should be something that you should consider especially when you're new to automation and i think then the automation starts paying for itself because you start saving as much so that goes to a question that we have here from one of our attendees the question is we deal with specialty procedures in our practice and our physicians are worried that if we don't have our hands on every submission, that we won't actually be taking care of them as they should be submitted. How can technology help us and what can we tell our doctors about that? Good point. Um, I think we've faced that in the past. What our automations do is say, I take eligibility verifications. Now, when the automation goes to a payer portal, puts in all the data and an approval is received, our automation take a screenshot of every step that it has taken or the final step. And that becomes a proof of, yes, there was an initiation. This is the proof. This is the uh, 
image of the approval that we can attach to the file, which is anyways required as part of the record keeping. Most of our automation do have reporting structures that we could provide on what was the value, how could you validate it, how could you look at the data. So we do have a mix of screenshots which comes up with every automation. And I think mostly that works as a proof even for the payers when we are looking at NARs specifically, that we got an NAR from the portal, but payer says, oh, there was an auth required. These screenshots have helped us in the past to kind of make a case uh, and present it to them. So I'm hoping that could help the providers also to be more confident because they see it as a proof. Another question. We need to keep track of our claims and uh, denials and the percentage. Do Would we get reports on that? Yes, we uh, Infinix, we do have a uh, product, ARDM, which is for denial management and recovery. We can definitely look at that particular product for the current needs that are being asked for. But we do have good reporting structure analytics in that particular product that we have. We have one more here. We, like everyone else, are suffering from staffing shortages. Do we need someone dedicated to run this technology for us? Or can we do it with the short staff that we already have? And do we need extra staff for ramping up time? Uh, Good point. So we have faced this question a couple of times in the past. The good part is the Infinix Automation Solution is a managed services. So from technology perspective, I think as long as we are able to integrate with your system, and again, we have a detailed ramp uh, integration plan that our team works with you very closely. So as far as automation execution is concerned, there's amount we have to figure out how the data comes into our system and how we are able to send it back. The required security measures are taken. We have been an expert in doing that. So as long as we are able to integrate to your system, automation, taking care of automation, if it needs an update, which does happen regularly, it is our managed services team that will take care of it. At the same time, we are transparent. We will make sure you have the required accesses to see your own automations running and the value that it is bringing to you. So ramp up time, yes, there would be because it's a new system that you're trying to connect to, but we support you through the transition process. And I, your staff, I think we would just free up more of their time to do certain things once they get comfortable. But it's more the integration between the two systems that requires the hand-holding together because we are learning your process. But automation doesn't need your time. We take care of it. We have time for one more question. And it says, we seem to always be dealing with a lot of incomplete information from patients. Will the system flag what we're missing? Yes. The good part of our system is we do have checks. We know what is required for a prior authorization to be kicked off. Once the information comes in, eligibility benefit, we know how to get it for you. Doing determination, we know how to get it for you. But for instance, there are certain CPTs which are not properly entered or there is a problem. There is an NPI or a physician NPI that was entered, but it was incorrect and we need help. We call those errors out upfront when we are populating that particular case into our system. Once we have enough information after that, I think the only reason we would come back to you is maybe there is a document or the payer asked for some additional information. 
But once the case comes into our system, we already know what we need upfront to at least get the determination and initiation kicked off. So yes, we do have validations in our system. We understand how, depending on the speciality, if it is radiology, I need different set of information. If it is uh, PTOT, it's different. Any other speciality, it would be different. We do know how to call it out and even fetch information depending on the speciality. Well, that's excellent. Well, we've run out of time already. That went by fast. <laughs> it was really interesting. Thank you so much for these lovely questions. Yeah, thank you so much for all of your time and this great information. We greatly appreciate it. Thank and thanks you. everyone for, for attending today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.